This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, when does food become a snack and get taxed differently? Sylvia Charlebois, professor in food distribution and policy at Dalhousie University, tells us why the price of food is still rising and if we are eating or buying less food. Get your tea and biscuits out. It's time for a royal-themed game showy. Canada's favorite radio game show. The trivia showdown is on, and we promise you'll learn something bizarre about the royal family. And also that it's probably a terrible game show, but we love it. Are you okay with mustard? Some surprises there. And what about seagulls? Unrelated. Don't put mustard on your seagulls. It's all in the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. I don't know what it's like where you are, but here it's been quite nice. The barbecue in uh, after moving is all set up. Took me a little bit, got it all done, and went to the store and thought, I'm going to look at some steaks. And then I saw the steaks and I said, I'm going to look at some chicken. Um, it was basically uh, it was basically $17 a steak is what it was. And... Um, that's expensive. So, Sylvain Charlebois is here. He's the food professor, Dalhousie University. Uh, well, Sylvain, you warned us that the cost of the beef was going to be high. And, I mean, those are pretty big steaks. Those were the Costco steaks, which are a good price most days, but still rather large. So, uh, yeah, it's scary. I think everybody's sort of looking at the grill going, you might be quiet this year, my friend. Well, I mean, let's put things into perspective. They're charging you $17 for a steak, but you didn't have to kill it yet. So, (laughs) but there are deals out there. Uh, Well, when it comes to beef, I think things are going to get a little bit more uh, uh, interesting. I'd say probably midsummer, early fall. We are expecting, because of future prices, we are expecting beef prices to, uh, to increase. Whereas, poultry is actually going to be more under control now i think that poultry prices will be more interesting and pork if you're into pork right now that's that's what you should go after pork is really a good deal right now i actually bought two kilos of uh, pork ribs yesterday for 18 dollars. what a difference yeah eh? yeah when you're doing your your job um, you know, studying food prices, inventory, all those things, and the future prices of the food. When you see what's going on in the States, a bit of a sell-off for ranchers because of drought and, and all that, does that really have an impact? I mean, I guess as an Albertan, when we know that there are literally cows everywhere here, finding it strange to see that, I mean, when lettuce in California is one thing, but cows to me seems strange that it still has such an impact. Is that an impact on Canada or is it just an impact on our meat leaving Canada? Well, it's it's a global market, uh, so farmers will will uh, will get a certain price based on world, based on on markets uh, set by Americans. So, so yes, the American uh, economy has uh, a huge influence on what's going what goes on in Canada for sure. If if steak prices are up in Canada or in the U.S., chances are it's the same on the other side of the border. That's the reality. Um, of course, uh, right now, when you look at processing, processing in Canada is dominated by just a few players. I think everyone knows that. Uh, when you look at Alberta, for example, you got the Brooks plant, you got High River. That's basically, if you exclude Guelph, most of the processing actually happens right there. So, and they control prices as much as possible. So it's it's tougher for people to get good deals uh, just because of how. Because of the architecture of certain industries like beef, for example. Is that a uh, an opportunity for someone to interrupt it? I mean, we hear a lot about interruption, especially now with the price of inflation, that interruption again is going to step in. We saw interruption be such a massive thing, 2008, 9, 10. Um, or is that more of just a competition bureau not doing their job when it comes to monopolies in Canada? I think I, I think it's a mixture of different things. Uh, yes, should the Competition Bureau look into what's going on in meatpacking? Yes, because that's exactly what happened in the U.S. and they saw some problems there. Uh, I met with the Competition Bureau about a month ago, and I spoke about that. Uh, I think they need to be more specific about certain verticals. And the one vertical I've been concerned about, and I said exactly the same thing in Ottawa when I was testifying in December – 
I think meatpacking is a problem in Canada. I think there's too much power given to a few companies. Farmers aren't making uh, all that much, but in packing, you're dealing with two companies uh, which won't disclose any of their financial data. Cargill and GBS, these are two privately owned companies. They're gigantic, but you don't. we don't have access to any of the data, so we have no idea. So it's a bit of a black box that a lot of people are trying to guess. The, the thing about about beef is that you'll see you'll see farm gate prices and retail prices and in between it's only growing. Mm-hmm. So somebody some, someone's making money. Well, someone seems to be making an awful lot of money. Um it's a recurring pattern though, Sylvain. I mean, we've seen it. <laughs> I always giggle every time I say this. We've seen it with syrup, but we've seen it with wheat. Right. We've seen yep. it with all of these different sort of structures that Canada seems to put in place to protect the people. But it really it never really does. It always becomes an organization with an agenda and they control prices. Dairy is another one. You know, yep. if, if meatpacking is private. I mean, th- these are my words, not yours, but these are heavily organized organizations that are controlling our lives. And, uh, you know, for our next topic here, you know, people are buying less food. We, we shouldn't be calling, look, my, my opinion, why are we calling in grocery executives to testify when policies of government is exactly like in a, in a, in a free capital market. And, and then you have the government and their policies are crushing farmers with things like potential fertilizer things and and everything that's going on there so i mean this really comes centers back to ottawa it centers back to the government 100 competition bureau all of it and it does in every single form of this again and again and again but we don't learn our lesson it's a it's a distraction uh and so instead of blaming themselves uh as politicians as as policy makers they just uh, deflect, uh, and and industry. Uh, it's always very difficult to defend industry, especially in Canada. A lot of people are skeptical of industry, which is why I do appreciate what Loblaws has done recently. Uh, they did announce that uh, they're replacing Galen Weston as CEO, because Galen Weston on TV became a. An inconvenient distraction, not only for Loblaw, but for the industry as a whole. And so a few weeks ago, they made the announcement that the new CEO will come in uh, first Q of 2024. But I bet you, you haven't seen Galen Weston since on TV. And Mm -hmm. why? Because he's now disappeared and he needed to disappear. So now you're seeing the private sector deflecting or trying to... uh, not become the target it has become. And and so I think it's good news that he has disappeared. And I think the tone will start to change and shift a little bit. And people will start looking at actual issues making food more expensive right. in Canada. Grocery being about grocery, not our jealousy over a rich guy. Exactly. Yeah. And now you did, you mentioned that Canadians are spending less money. That's it's an analysis that we did as a lab last week. Why? Because we thought because of inflation, people are forced to spend more money at the grocery store. Well, guess what, Shane? That's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So we looked at uh, the percentage of money spent on food retail in 2017. So Canadians were spending about 17% of all their money retail on food. That was in 2017. Now it's 15%. Hmm. It's actually less. Here's the other alarming thing. Last year, the average Canadian was spending $255 a month at the grocery store, retail. Today, it's $250. Knowing that money is worth less than last year, people are spending less at the grocery store. Now that caught off it really surprised us. Yeah. Well, and the disparity is wider because things cost more and they're spending less money. So you would think, so that's actually uh, doubles up on the, on the differentiation. Right. So there, there are a couple of hypotheses here. I, I actually think that because people are spending less, uh, a couple of things are happening. One, people are trading down. They're, they're leaving the periphery of the store and they're focusing on junk food or ultra processed foods. Yeah. So that's, 
That's hypothesis number one. Hypothesis number two, they're wasting less. They're being more careful. Which isn't terrible. Which is not terrible, exactly. But the bottom line is that I think grocers are dealing with a a frugal, a a very frugal marketplace compared to a few years ago. And and the other bad news for grocers, and I hate to advocate for them because everyone hates them, but up the food chain, prices are still going up. So there's this double whammy going on right now impacting grocers. And at the end of the day, really consumers are spending very differently compared to last year. And you saw like mid-2022 when food inflation really hit everyone hard, that's when you saw really prices. So the money spent on food has stagnated since I would say July of 2022, which it's really an amazing stats and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Well, what about um, the dollar store and those kinds of places? Are people just shifting and going to non-grocers to get that food or does that get reported too? Uh, no, no. Well, that would be off. So that, so people are seeking refuge somewhere else. You're you're absolutely right. They may actually go to uh, to dollar stores or non-traditional grocers, if you will, because when you look at how Statistics Canada collects uh, data, it has a few categories, regular grocery stores, convenience stores, and specialty stores. Mm. Well, uh, if you don't fit in these categories, then that money is leaving grocery store, leaving the big giants, the the, the, the big grocers, and that money is spent elsewhere. Mm. Um. The, I mean, that, to me, that's where, I mean, that's what I've done, right? Like I, I, I now, oh, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm going to pick up Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, whatever, I just go straight to the dollar store now. If I'm going to pick up chocolate bars or potato chips or treats, like when it comes to, you know, the kids having friends over for the night, it's not even a conversation of, hey, can you pick this up at Costco anymore? Can you go to the grocery store? It's just, you know, here's 10 bucks or 20 bucks, go to the dollar store, get what you want. Right. Like yeah. it's not, it's become so much so the first option. I went to, this is not grocery related, but I was in Home Depot. You know those little fuzzy pads you put on the bottom of your furniture for hardwood floors or whatever to protect yes, it? Yes. Yes. Yep. It was $17 at Home Depot. It was $7 at the dollar store. Like that's the disparity that's it's going the same on. Thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Different packaging, but exactly the same product. Like it's literally exactly the same size, exactly the same thing. I mean, that's the disparity that's going on. So I don't know which story that tells more of the desperation of the Home Depots of the world or the efficiency of the dollar store in how they run their, their marketplace. So could go well, either way, what I, I don't get with today's mindset out there is that people will point fingers at Home Depot saying they're gouging. Why are they gouging when you're not forced to buy? Yeah. You can actually go to the dollar store and gouging. buy the same product at $7. I would say that they uh, they could be reckless in some of their prices, but I don't think they're gouging. I mean, I think it's silly some of the prices they put it's on things. It's entirely up to you to decide whether or not you want to buy that product at Home Depot. Yeah. And evidently, you did your homework, you looked around, and you actually, didn't I just buy. called. I called Mel. Mel said, why are you buying that at Home Depot? <laughs> that was what I did. <laughs> um, but the but that's really what it boils down to. And it, like I would say that as a business, it seems to me to be reckless to for those things, right? To do that, to make money, like to be such a wide gap between things that are available in the strip mall that you, you, you have your store, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, that just, I would say it's reckless, but it's not price gouging or anything. I mean, we can go do whatever we want. Now, if they say lowest price around and they lie to you about it, well, then, yeah, that's, that's, I don't like that. But they don't. They just put the price up. They say, buy your thing. Um, it's a, yeah, exactly. There's, there's lots of goofy analysis out there that really, that I'm struggling with. For example, this weekend I saw uh, a, a reporter, I won't name the reporter, but uh, there was a correlation made between corn prices farm gate corn prices with cornflakes with the price of cornflakes at retail oh, that's a stretch how my goodness <laughs> it's it, to 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 do such an analysis is an underappreciation for supply chain economics i mean there are so many things that can actually contribute to the price to making cornflakes more expensive at retail my goodness there's a lot of these things going on out there that are misleading the public in terms of what's actually going yeah. on and I'm, mm -hmm. and I'm concerned about that. I, it bothers me too. And not to mention, um, I hate to break it to you, but the nice corn that you see on the shelf or at the market 
on the corner is not the same corn that goes into your cornflakes. All the ugly <laughs> corn goes into your cornflakes. That's the point of it all, right? Like, exactly. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Well, the shrinkflation part is very much here to stay. I remember being a kid, Sylvain, and we were, you know, at the ballpark, and we would take our 50 cents, and we'd go buy our pop or our chocolate bar or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember the conversation as a kid where the kids are like, I heard that pop's going to be a dollar soon and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, which wasn't really the number, I don't think, cause it was still like 50 cents back then. I yeah, mean, exactly. gas was also 29 cents back then, but the, um, and I remember that like those, those moments sort of stay with you, but the, the, this piece that things are getting a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. I don't know if you've seen a Reese's peanut butter cup lately, but those used to be pretty pretty sizable little snacks, and now they're as big as a coin. So this stuff yeah, the, is not going to change, bite, is the it? The bite size, uh, it's not, no longer bite size, or bites of, are um, way smaller than before. Help yeah. me understand the snack part, because once these things get to a certain size, they're no longer grocery. They get taxed differently. They become a snack. How does that work? Yeah, so it's it's it gets complicated and it's very granular depending of the product. Uh, C, the CRA actually has a really beautiful way of making our lives very complicated. Uh, but depending, I'll I'll just use a couple of examples uh, where uh, a a food product becomes a snack, uh, a snacking product just because of a, of a reduced size, ice cream. Uh, recently, both Ben and Jerry's and Agendas have decided to shrink some of their packages below 500 millimeter milliliters, and that's the threshold. So below 500, it becomes a snack, and all of a sudden you go at the cashier and they charge you a tax. And of course, it's always hard to know exactly if a tax was applied to a certain product because you only get a sum at the end. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell you. So it's a bit misleading. You have to do your homework and ask people and verify. But it's true. I actually did it myself. You are charged a tax for smaller um, containers, ice cream containers. Granola bars, uh, for certain bars, not all of them, I think there's an exception for actual granola bars, but for some bars, uh, at six, it's food, at five, it's a snack, and then you're taxed on that. Yeah. So uh, that, that's interesting, and I, I, I would be curious how it works when you have a box of snacks that the total weight of the box is over that threshold, but the individual snack is under that threshold uh, you know, goldfish or granola bars or whatever, like how do those things work? And I, I know that on my receipts, you can see the little G or the T or sometimes next to the yeah, items they, that they, are taxable. They are codes for sure yeah. there, um, but, you, but it does but make you me know wonder. What you, look, what you look for. Yeah. And it's interesting when you look at it that way, I got to tell you, let's twist this around the other way. Sylvain, so we, by the way, you and I own a grocery store and we're lobbying the government for more, I don't know, freezers for our grocery store. Just hy <laughs> hypothetically, okay? Just hypothetically. Yeah. We're looking for some reinvestment. Um, you know, I'm not talking like hypothetically that we were going to build an electric car plant and ask the government for twice as much money in, in rebates than it costs to build the plant. Again, another hypothetical. Um, <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, the freezer part, if you and I own our grocery store and we're like to the government, hey, why don't you give us some subsidies so we can do a better job and support the potato industry? Again, hypothetical. Um, wouldn't it be great if we also went and said, just so you know, we're going to take 50 of our products and we're going to drop them down to 491 milliliters now so you can charge GST on them. Just so you know, we're going to make this whole new product line that you can tax because it's under the threshold. It's now a snack. So uh, how about them freezers, <laughs> right? Like... These things go on in the background. I am I am uh, using this as an example. This is not, there's evidentiary at all, but these things go on in the background. Why wouldn't we do that as a business? Um, I can't speculate. Uh, can can uh, such a conversation occur? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, these, uh, the, the food industry is, is well-coordinated, uh, well-represented, quite influential. Uh, but they, they, they are, I mean, at the end of the day, are consumers uh, benefiting from some of these discussion uh, discussions? Uh, probably not. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, there, there are lots of conspiracy theories out there. But at the end of the day, you kind of 
have to go back to the economics of food in Canada, and we do have access to uh, an affordable food basket despite all the rhetoric, despite all the noise. Uh, Canada still has the third lowest food inflation rate amongst G7 countries. So we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing okay. The, the, what, what hurts right now is that BRIC nations, so Brazil, Russia, India, China, okay, and I'll have to put an emphasis on Russia because they're the enemy right now. All four countries have a much lower food inflation rate than Canada's, hmm. and that one hurts. <laughs> that one does hurt. Yeah. Well, you know what? Despite and- all the sanctions against Russia, Russia – Russia's food inflation rate is a quarter of Canada's right now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Worth taking a second and acknowledging all of the farmers. I mean, agriculture is a great world to get into for a career right now. There's a lot of uh, generational change going on. Uh, It's big. It's become big business. And, uh, you know, all of everybody who works so hard to navigate all of the fertilizer conversations, the food conversations, these price board scenarios, um, boy, oh boy, acknowledge them for that. And the grocery store people that are trying to put it all together. I mean, as much as big business conversations I jest and create hypotheticals about, there are a lot of operators that are working their butts off to make this work. I I don't um, want to diminish all of that. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't mean we don't challenge it, right? And make sure that oh, absolutely. it's all clear. So I appreciate yeah. that. And um, thanks for being here, Sylvain Charlebois. Enjoy your cornflakes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't eat cornflakes, but my kids do. So yeah, I'll make sure they enjoy it. <laughs> Grow some, plant some corn over there in the East Coast, will you? <laughs> exactly. Thanks for being here, bud. Take care. Bye-bye. It does raise the question, though. Cornflakes or Frosted Flakes? What is the best cereal? You know, there's some elements to the mini-wheats, but you've got to have the good side of the mini-wheats. Mini-wheats are a lot like goldfish. Goldfish are good if you put the salty side down in your mouth. So is it cornflakes or frosted flakes? Which way do you go? Raisin bran's pretty good. Gets better as you get older. I don't know. Ryan O'Donnell, I imagine as a millennial, you probably still eat your cereal out of those little tiny boxes that you have to cut open. I wish. I love the best part of camping are those little cereal boxes. Uh, Corn pops, Okay, so... Full disclosure, my favorite cereal is Honey yep. Bunches of Oats. That's oh, my boy. absolute favorite. Love mm-hmm. Honey Bunches of Oats. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you mentioned Corn Flakes or Frosted Flakes because mm-hmm. they're one and the same, just one has the sugar caked on. And this is the thing. On their own, Frosted Flakes are better. However, if you yourself apply sugar to Corn Flakes, mm. it's better than Frosted Flakes because it's not too much sugar. There's a better mm-hmm. balance. So if you do it yourself, it's probably cheaper, and I think it tastes better. Hmm. This is interesting. Yeah. You know, the place that I um, learned the most about cereal, actually, uh, was the Crunch Enhancer, the non-nutritive cereal varnish from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's <laughs> really where I there. learned about cereal. I think that's what you're talking about, the non-nutritive cereal varnish, the Crunch Enhancer. Um, <laughs> kiss my ass, kiss his ass. <laughs> it is like a, it is a varnish on frosted flakes. It's a varnish yeah. of sugar. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, that was not just about frosted flakes and corn flakes, by the way. Uh, that was all about the food. And there's a text that comes in. It says, uh, from polar, uh, by polar bear Lisa says self name, by the way, some of us are eating smaller portions too. Something we should have done a long time ago. I'm leading, eating less. I overate for a long time. That was to the comment that Sylvain made about people are spending less money at grocery stores. Now, it doesn't mean we're spending money on less money on food. It does mean we're spending less money in grocery stores. I can tell you this. I, I mean, I'm buying pork, not beef, just on his recommendation alone. It's one-third the cost. And I have been buying more frozen, not the processed foods so much, but some of the more frozen chickens, frozen stuff. Uh, it's just cheaper. It keeps longer. You just throw it in there and off you go. So, you know, definitely have an impact in the decisions. And I invite you to do this. I go to Costco for the meat. So you can really like say gigantic meat counter. Go to your grocery store and watch people at the meat counter because people at the meat counter today do things that I've never seen them do before. They browse all of the meat, look at the prices, pick things up, compare things, and you can see the dissatisfaction on their face. Like if you really want to see where how people feel about the price of food right now, watch people at the meat counter. They are literally 
you can see it in their face when they look at the prices of some of those things. I was at um, Walmart last week. The cost of chicken thighs, boneless chicken thighs, was more than the cost of chicken breasts. That was always the the escape, right? Oh, you got to save some money. You get the chicken thighs. Nope, not anymore. So if you want to play that game, I find that a fun game to play. Not the price, but the watching people. People watching is a good time. This is the Shift Podcast. Uh-oh. Shane broke game, Shelly. Way to go, Shane. Hmm. <laughs> it's the low-budget version of Game Showy. <laughs> we have an intern on the buttons tonight. Just to be clear, that was not John O'Chung's fault. That was Shane's fault, 100%. We're going across the pond to celebrate the constipation of the king. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, thanks, Bob. Uh, well, considering he may actually be constipated thanks to the quality of food that they have in the UK. Uh, but you know here we are. I was thinking more so the hemorrhoids from the rock he's got to sit on. Which, oh my uh, goodness. This is important. Actually, that's an important thing he just brought up. There's a question about that rock in this edition of Game Showy. Yes. It's get- Game Showy with <laughs> yes. questions about your hemorrhoids. Bob? I promise you, oh, there are no hemorrhoid questions in this. Uh, yes. God. Get your crown and your crumpets out, friend. It's time for a coronation, coronation Game Showy <laughs> trivia showdown. All right. Now, uh, if you're new to this, Welcome. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you're not, here's a little refresher of how all of this works. Our contestants, Shane Hewitt, who you just heard, and Kelsey Campbell, who's um, disapprovingly chuckling in the background, uh, are going to pick a question and a difficulty of said question. Now, today, Mm. we're going to be playing for quiches. A quiche. Now, I know what you're thinking, Ryan. That's not a British food. That's a Mm -hmm. French tart. Well, the reason we're playing for quiche (laughs) is because... The, That's very uh, nice. King. How can you say that about somebody? Uh, no, 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 no. It's a tart. A tart. Oh, like a food yep. thing. Yep, mm. a food. Don't be uh, judgy. The king uh, get, gets to pick a coronation dish, a national dish that everybody mm. can make and eat on the day this mm. Saturday. And mm. he, in his infinite wisdom, picked mm. the most disgusting meal the French have ever come up with, and it's the quiche. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the actual recipe. Broad beans, mm. spinach, cheese tarragon and eggs it's just a it's a pie but worse and uh so yeah congratulations <laughs> you will be playing for quiche today so um, one quiche is an easy question mm-hmm. three is hard now if you get the question right you will mm-hmm. hear this you will hear Sometimes this it's my genius it generates gravity generates gravity if it's wrong however <laughs> you muffet you muffet I don't, know what's going on. I don't know what's going on there I'm... all right okay uh now we all have right. three categories of questions to choose from we have mm-hmm. coronation so specific mm. to the coronation uh okay. royal traditions we've got a little bit mm. of oddities in there and kings and queens okay mm-hmm. and we also have a very special question it's called the text line special and it's a question for the shift heads and the shift heads alone it's hidden right in the show and one lucky contestant will stumble across it and could win two quiches <laughs> doesn't that sound yummy now <laughs> no, when you find it, it at any <laughs> think about any dinner party you've ever gone to you know the appies are out the yeah. last thing standing are the Always. mini quiche like, it, like they're just there sadly in the corner people drink enough that they're finally like fine i'll eat one of the yeah. dang i better quiches. eat a quiche or else i'm gonna be drunk that's fine this will do uh Anyway, yeah, you could win two quiches for the if the listeners get the text line special right. So when we find it, it will sound like this. Britannia. Okay, and uh, yeah, so when you hear that, you'll know it's the text line special. So I would also eight, like seven, to seven. say good morning to everybody who is drifting off to sleep. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> sir. well, I'm pretty sure they have been woken up by several choice words here and there. Now, if you uh, were listening to the ship, sorry, 
399-9898. That's our phone number. Get ready to text it in. Here's the question. Now, if you listened to the shift last night, you will know the answer to this. What is the name of the stone that sits inside of the royal coronation chair? Is it the stone of victory, the stone of destiny, Mm. the stone of blood, or the Mm. stone of God? Mm. Which one of those four is the actual thing? Again, what is the The name of the stone? Nobody wants to be sitting on that. Yeah, you know, it sounds rough. But hey, there's a lot of blood in the history of the United Kingdom. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, the stone of victory, stone of destiny, stone of blood, stone of God. Mm. 877-399-9898. 877-399-9898. Text it in. And uh, yeah, you could uh, be the game changer in this uh, game showy showdown. Let's do it. Okay. Here on Game Showy, it is time for us to understand the different quiches that you can quiche to your mouth hole this weekend there is the quiche camembert the quiche au champignon which is the quiche and the mushrooms we've somehow migrated the accent to the wrong country <laughs> yep yep was what like, was that accent not, it's not uh, quiche au onion <laughs> uh, the quiche comtois which by the way is the grandfather quiche and the best of the quiches which is the oh Apparently it's playing again. Uh, is the uh, <laughs> quiche au fruit de mer, which is the quiche fruits of the sea. You're welcome. This is incredible. This is incredible. Ryan O'Donnell, uh, it's time to play. Okay, let's uh, yeah, let's let's do this as we can. We count. cleanse our palate just like briefly here for one yep. quick second here. Yep. Like oh, I feel please. like we. We just like I like just a little palate cleanse, right? Just so we can feel better about it, right? I think that would be the the smart thing to do. Uh, I don't know. This is a nice easy one here. Ah, see, that's better, right? Let's like like, British, like let's let's lean into it, right? Like okay, yep. Okay, you're good to go now? Jeez. Okay, well, I'm not going to let you no, go no. first because you just sing derailed along. the whole thing. Oh, okay. uh, Kelsey, you get to go first. Again, the, the categories are coronation, royal tradition, and kings and queens. Love. Do, 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 All right. do. Okay. If you get one right, we'll play more. Yep. Oh, okay. That seems like a really good deal. Um, and Ryan slash Bob, I appreciate your kindness because I was definitely the one who was like, Dude, what's the deal with playing for quiche? It's a uh, mm. French food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, miss, I, I miss that the king had selected this. Okay, I always like coming in hot. I like coming in hot, going for three quiches, which no one says at any dinner Ever. party. Never. Never Ever. has anyone ordered. No. Nope. <laughs> um, I'm going to go royal traditions for three quiches, Bob. Royal well, traditions cool. for three quiches, yes. Okay, here's a question. Uh, the Royals have, as you're about to learn in this edition of Game Showy, a lot of weird traditions and mm. weird uh, no-goes. And mm. here's your question. What common food ingredient is banned from all, almost all royal occasions? Saffron, corn, mm-hmm. garlic, or red mm. meat? Ooh. Too bad it's not quiche. It's not, unfortunately, it's not quiche. That is a shame. Do, just a question on the quiche front. Is that what all of the guests also have to eat? Yes. Everyone in the country. It's the yeah. national dish. Yes, that will be served. when After he is king, the first thing he will do is sit in his palace and eat a quiche. Mm. Wow. He just does not want to be beloved out of the gates. Okay. Nope. Uh, Everyone at home. I actually feel like I heard this a long time ago from Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to go with garlic because mm-hmm. they're from a long line of vampires. Bob, this would explain a lot. Uh, well, yes, that's you did it. That's correct. It is garlic. <laughs> did I say something? Oh, no, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, oh. John, so it's no. right. Yeah. 
Oops. So what and happens then? And we have encountered a technical difficulty. My burly has oh, crashed. Oh, really? <laughs> no. That's okay, cool. I can, I can say right. it. Sometimes yes. my genius has its own gravity. Correct. You got it right. Yes. Garlic is banned. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, so this rule was enacted by Queen Elizabeth II. So you were right in thinking that. And interestingly, King Charles has indicated that he wants to respect that rule and keep it going because he never really developed a taste for the ingredient. I wonder why garlic is the best. I don't understand how anybody could cut it out of their diet unless they had to. Mm. So gross. But yes, Kelsey, three quiche for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Must be so on, the, on, on the contrary to quiche, have you ever encountered someone entering your household when you've been cooking with like garlic and onion? Every single person that walks through automatically says, oh, it smells mm. good in here. Right? Yes. Every time. Yes. Although, is bad, in all fairness, is good. when someone comes into your house and they've been eating garlic and you have not been cooking with it, you also go, ooh. Ooh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, as we I'm surprised say. it's not saffron because it's the most expensive of the ingredients that's there mm -hmm. and it's the yeah. royal family. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So uh, I'm up next. Uh, I'm going to move is. ahead here. I'm going sure. with kings and queens for three, uh, three. quiches. Okay, uh, so we got a little audio to play with this question here. So for some context, okay. So Prime Minister JT. With your little breakdown? Oh, is that back up? No. No, we're still up. We've lost everything here, but I'll try to get it back. All right. We'll let John worry about that. So, yeah, anyway, Prime Minister Justin, I almost said Justin Timberlake, Justin Trudeau is going to be attending the coronation. And uh, I hope he's going to take some time to sing with his friends in a hotel lobby like he did at the Queen's funeral. And I want to clarify, I like that moment. I genuinely liked the video of seeing him perform. I think it was nice. It was kind of like a celebration of life stuff. It's cool. So, Shane, here's your question. Okay. What song would I want Justin Trudeau to sing for the King in a hotel lobby? Oh. Hey, okay. Hail to the King okay. by Avenged Sevenfold. Mm -hmm. King Kunta by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, way too cool. The King of Wishful Thinking by Go West, mm -hmm. or Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Oh, you know what? I would say King of Wishful Thinking because budgets balance themselves. That's wishful thinking. But because it's Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and I'm pretty sure that ruling the world is a part of the Prime Minister's agenda, that's going to be my guess. That's the oh, song that Ryan O'Donnell no wants the Prime Minister no to, at all. to, what? I think he does. I think that he wants to work for the UN. I've said that all along. So I think that, um, I think that, um, uh, did I tell you that, by the way, at the liberal convention this weekend, um, <laughs> fiscal responsibility and budgets is on the agenda. Ironic. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think that's my guess. Um, uh, well, yeah, it is. Everybody wants to rule the world. Not because nice. of that, just because it's probably my favorite song. Uh, it's a great song. <laughs> and, you know, back away slowly, Ryan, back away slowly. <laughs> yeah, just back away. There we go. Ding, all right. Ding. All right. So yeah, for there me, three. three. I get three. Quiche. Uh, ding, ding. Clap sound effects. Yay. Oh, yes. Good. It's not the same without the ding. We're, we're working to get no. the ding back. Uh, I want the okay, catch Kelsey. up. When, Jono, when you've got it, we need to catch up on all the sound effects. So oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch oh up God. on it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll, yeah, rattle, yeah. we'll rattle through. There all we right. go. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, your turn. Your go. Okay. okay. I'm going, I need to, I need to keep the fire going. Uh, heat up those quiches. Let's go for three under coronation, please, Bob. Coronation. Okay. Kelsey, here's your question. As the coronation is televised and you will be able to see every single part of the coronation except one moment. What part of the ceremony is closed to the public? The anointing of the holy oil. The actual crown being placed on his head for the first time, the coronation oath, or the enthronement when he sits on the throne for the first time. <laughs> enthronement. Enthronement. <laughs> so many fancy words, you know? Oh. I wouldn't have known that's a real word. The enthronement, like Might sitting on the throne. Well, mm -hmm. okay. It is a word. Well, we've, we've definitely seen that. Mm -hmm. uh, you're definitely going to see the crown because, like, who doesn't want the spotlight for that? After the coronation the definitely oh. going to need enthronement. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, I want to say it's between the like, coronation oath and the anointing of the holy oil. I feel maybe the oath is is special, intimate. It's an intimate experience, oathing. I'm going to go coronation oath. 
coronation oath is incorrect. It is not the coronation oath. Mm. That was bold. Sorry about that. Shane, better at this you than have me. five seconds to steal Ooh. the answer. Tick tock, tick tock. Five tick-tock. seconds. Ah, I got to go with uh, enthronement because that's my guess. Because uh, hey, why not? It's not a uh, hey. Guess right. Fries are You're, done. That was not the right answer, because why not? Oh, good. No, the holy oil. The anointing of the holy oil, which is made in Jerusalem by some of the like biggest head honchos of several different religions and all of the, that fun stuff. Uh, it is private. You will actually see a tarp, like a like a like this fancy big tarp be placed over the king while these priests mm-hmm. you know, put the oil on. So you will not be able to see that part, and then they'll remove it, and then you can watch. I feel like this that's because, sounds... just in case he catches on fire. Because, oh. <laughs> see, Kelsey's really coming about I went a different way. Right? That sounded a little bit oh. arousing. They were wrapping Oh, it's, it's <laughs> no, see, my brain doesn't go there because it just literally can't with these people, They're you know? It just oiling him can't. up. Oh. In Nothing says a good time, eh? Like a <laughs> uh, faith Emily. leader oiling you up before your big ceremony. Please drop your eyes to the ground uh, while we yes. oil up the king. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oil. <laughs> Holy inappropriate. <laughs> Holy, I am sorry. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, um, next, oh, I've got to go idea. for two quiches. I'm going for the. Uh, how do, can you roll your R's for coronation for me there, Ryan? For uh, the. Can you not roll your R's? Oh, no, I can't. Uh, let me do it. You would like to do, sorry, what would you like to do? Please pick your I, question and category like, said question. Uh, two quiches for the, the cor, 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 coronation. The coronation. Yes, yes that yes. would be it. That's the one. Yes. Right that was magic. Thank you. Uh, yes, the two quiches for the, for the coronation just happens mm. to be our text line special. Oh, that's fun. Yep, as you see, a fleet of warships head towards you. Okay, so yes, <laughs> if you listen to the shift last night, you will know the answer. Shane, I know you know this, but do oh. the shift heads? That's the real question. Yes, Are they, they listening? The Again, 877-399-9898. A question for the listeners only. What is the name of the stone that sits inside of the royal coronation chair? Uh-huh. Okay. We have the stone of victory, the stone of destiny, the stone of blood, or the stone of God. And I am happy to say that literally every single person that texted, like a record, a record, texted the same thing, which happens to be the stone of destiny and also happens to be the correct answer. That, 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 ding ding ding! Sorry, I, it's just force of habit. Yes, you got the two quiches there. Oh, I, right I do then. have. I thought uh, John, John was I know you got. Uh, no, I only stuff. have certain clips, unfortunately. Oh, but we have okay, some important right, things because it's worth oh. noting that the Stone of Destiny, which, by mm-hmm. the way, every single time I hear the Stone of Destiny, this is what I hear. This moment here, John, if you can play that first clip, if it works. Destiny. Every time I hear it, I think of Emperor Palpatine in this context. But the Stone of Destiny has an actual official name. It's the Stone of of Scone. Of Scone. Yeah. Sorry, we had uh, an expert tell us how to pronounce that. Sir. So let's hear the clip. How do we pronounce it properly? Skin. Skin. It's the Stone of Skin. Stone of Skin. There you hey, go. Sorry, nerd. Um, can you just tell me who that that first clip was? You act like everyone should. Lord Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. It's May the Fourth. Like every. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I totally knew that. Sorry. Yeah. No. Mm. Wasn't the schoon part? Wasn't the part that threw you off? That was the lady was from the last Emperor night Palpatine? from Scotland. No, you were just a- acting so chill about this like scary dude and like mm, oh, not yeah, ringing any bells that. over here. It's Star okay, Wars. Okay, fair enough. Does he get oiled up? You go downstairs to your mom's. Ba- <laughs> he, he actually does. Yeah, he actually does. Yeah. No way. Oh my um, god. Do we have time for well, one more? Because right now she is. I probably not, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> let's do it. So Kelsey, you could tie it. You could tie it. So quickly, let's very quickly. Quick, where are we going? Okay. Got it. I'm going royal traditions to quiche. 
Dookie, mm-hmm. here's the question. Oh. You know, taste. what board game did Queen Elizabeth II ban from family events? Risk, Game of Life, Hungry Hungry Hippos, or Monopoly? Oh my God, let it be Hungry Hungry Hippos. Uh, I'm. You know what? You know what I think would be very funny? I think Monopoly because yeah. they don't want to make fun of the fact that they had a monopoly over the world. Uh, I, I really like the connection. That's not why, but it is the correct answer. Yes, ding, 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 you tied it, yay. Uh, yeah, the queen banned that because uh, it gets too competitive, which is a little ironic. But uh, yeah, there you go. Wow, <laughs> you, we did you it. stole my railroad. No, quite literally, it was my railroad. I <laughs> built it. Oh, could you imagine if it was Hungry Hungry Hippos? That would be we funny. just don't like hippos up in our family. Either. Right? The house well, hippos? They can't be tiny little hippos. I love that. Well, it's a tie. Don't know what to do here. Unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Out of time. Guess we just mm-hmm. go with it. This is a tough one. And that's Game Showy. You're going to have to tune in next week as we try to call IT for support. Restart our computer and make sure it's plugged in. In the meantime, congratulations to uh, the king and his quiche. Enjoy that. Makes me wonder, though. Do they warm up that stone and scoon just a little bit before the king sits on it? I kind of feel like they do. Thanks for listening. Oh, I can't say it. Don't sure do it. No. Mm-mm. No. Nope. We've already pushed the limit too far. We're Don't technically, do that. technically our king. Don't do it. Corgi. Right. Corgi. Queen had corgis. Corgis. Have your, have your house hippos <laughs> spayed and neutered. Also good option. All right, uh, Kelsey Campbell, thanks for being here. I apologize for that being wildly inappropriate. Please don't tell HR. Yeah, confusing and crazy, and I think I was glad to be here. (laughs) You're going to make a quiche now, aren't you? Definitely not. I'm so turned off on behalf of the British population. Mm, Kat and Gimli says, you've clearly never had a quiche that I've made. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you, are you, okay, 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 are you okay with 877-399-9898, text it in, call it in even, share your thoughts, are you okay with, <laughs> mustard, mustard, um, it will always be, for me, the secondary condiment to ketchup. Now, now I will Mm. suffice that mustard belongs on a sandwich, whereas ketchup does not belong on a sandwich. But ketchup on a burger, ketchup on a hot dog is better than mustard on a burger or a hot dog. Nope, wrong. Wrong. No, I, no, no, it's wrong. No, it's not wrong. Uh, You don't even know what you like. Um, Mustard belongs on anything. No calories, no sugar, healthier for you, does not belong on your white shirt. That's the only problem. Yeah. I, I didn't say I thought ketchup was healthy and great. No, no it's, it's number one. Pack with sugar. It's number no, one. But... It's number one. It's number one. You know what? Also, it's uh, in case you're wondering, uh, but mustard's really great on. What? Typos. That's a typo. Um, Just put a little mustard on your typo. You got yourself a little something good there, right? Mmm, um, yummy. A hoxie player has gone oh, viral for is. using mustard for something other than a hot dog. A video of 19-year-old Halifax Mooseheads forward Zachary LaRue drinking mustard on the bench has been viewed over 100,000 times on social media after the official QMJHL account posted it to their Twitter account this week, drinking it straight from the bottle. Take a look at this. The Halifax Mooseheads player, Zachary LaRue, on the bench taking a big gulp of, that's right, mustard. That was during a playoff game against the Sherbrooke Phoenix on Sunday night. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League tweeted out the short video and it's been viewed over 100,000 times. So we asked the Montrealer how he mustered up the courage to do it. Uh, Light cramps, uh, not something that we've had to deal with uh, a few times now uh, over the last few years, so... uh, 
I think just using the mustard is uh, definitely a great way to get rid of it right away. But uh, yeah, no, it definitely uh, doesn't always taste the best, but it gets the job done. He says out of everything that he's tried when it comes to dealing with cramps, mustard is what works best for him. Um, I don't want to sound like pompous. Not like Grey Poupon, Poppers. <laughs> but, uh, but is this the first you've ever heard of this? Yeah. What the, why mustard is, mustard is food. Is mustard also like a, like a medical supplement thing? Is this like, is this kind of like how people thought that, you know, like if you just ate a clove of garlic, all of your illnesses would go away? Is this kind of just like a, a placebo effect or does it actually reduce inflammation i'm i'm genuinely curious cramps it's cramps uh, yeah but cramps. i guess inflammation is is caused like cramps cause inflammation dehydration um scott mcintosh communications manager for the mooseheads confirmed the team regular keeps mustard nearby to prevent players from experiencing <laughs> leg cramps now this isn't the first time we've seen a hockey player throwing back mustard 2019 forward mark letestu of the winnipeg jets opted against the bottle and went with a mustard pack now this is the part that i i'm surprised that this is a new story because if you watched four or five years ago six years ago seven years ago on the bench of an nhl game you would see all kinds of players the tiny little plastic packs of mustard squirting it in their mouth really? when they start a period. Yeah. Yeah, it helps That's with cramps. That's so, so bizarre to me. I mean, I don't remember what it is, but they've replaced it now. They don't use mustard anymore. Does something else? I had something at my fingertip that could give me the answers to mm, life's infinite questions. Doctor Google, does mustard help with cramps? According to the Google, not a doctor, the body uses which uh, is essential. Oh, yeah. Mustard contains a type of acid that our body uses to produce something that is essential for leg muscle contractions. So yellow mustard is the only kind of mustard documented to relieve nighttime leg cramps. What the heck? Um, okay. Pickle brine is another one that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also just people that really love pickle juice. That that's very true, right? Yeah. yeah, this is this is wild. I'm kind of like you know, I will never ever agree that mustard tastes better than ketchup, but I will suffice that mustard probably has more real world applications than ketchup does. And that's uh, I don't uh, see any good. athletes squirting ketchup in their mouth on the bench, do you? No, I'd, I'd hope not. Uh, one text says ketchup simply simply should not exist. What Another the text heck? says mustard is excellent, especially when it's honey mustard and sauerkraut on a properly cooked bratwurst. Uh, agreed, agreed. But you know what would go great with that is some ketchup, ketchup on yes. your with your sauerkraut. Yeah. No. Sweet and sour. You should leave. Don't give me that look. That's terrible. Okay. Do, with all due, okay, it, transparency here. I don't do this anymore. I swear to the Lord Almighty, I do not do this anymore. I used to dip carrots in ketchup when I was a kid. That was the gross thing that I used oh, to do. Man. So I have a bias. I I love I love ketchup. So please take what I say with a grain of salt or a pinch of mustard. New text says everything tastes better than ketchup. A fistful of what? dirt tastes better than ketchup. I don't what that I have never encountered such hatred towards something that's so universally everywhere in North America. Like come wild all right okay i guess you. i gotta do some thinking i'm still gonna <laughs> eat more ketchup so wow no 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 more friends off let's start our next are you okay with this very iconic scene from the wonderful loving movie finding nemo okay don't make any sudden moves hop inside my mouth if you want to live hop in your mouth huh and how does that make me live mine because I can take you to your son. Yeah, right. No, I know your son. He's orange. He's got a gimpy fin on one side. That's me! Oh, 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 mine, 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 mine. Are you okay with seagulls? 
Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Not sure how one. that one slipped in there. You know, my dad seagulls. has a uh, my dad has a luggage tag with the seagull from Finding Nemo that just says mine on it, which is oh, that's pretty good. good. It's pretty good, well eh? Mm-hmm. Seagulls are infinitely annoying, and I am glad that I live in a landlocked area where I rarely have to interact with them. Glad I don't have to do with that anymore because they go down to the river, bud. Yeah, I don't live on the river. I live in the ur- like urban center. There's there's pigeons. There's a lot of those, but no seagulls mm. to steal my fries, which has happened on various like occasions. Baggage. Well, Ryan's uh, angst against the seagull is carrying over into the radio. The rat of the sea, Ryan calls it. Super That's annoying, but a zoo in England is going to do something about them without killing them. It's hiring a seagull deterrent worker to wear a giant bird costume and scare them away. According to Insider, the Blackpool Zoo posted a job opening for a seagull deterrent visitor services assistant position, saying that the seasonal gig requires a friendly and outgoing applicant who should be comfortable wearing a bird costume. According to the job posting, it appears that the main duties of the role include keeping seagulls away from zoo's visitors and animal dining areas, as well as interacting with guests. The zoo didn't share more information about the wild job opening. In other news, Belgium just had a competition to see who could uh, have the best seagull call. The third edition of the contest, which originated five years ago, more of a local event before going to Europe-wide the following year, saw seagull imitators showing off their best imitation screeches for a panel of judges. And what does that sound like? Well, nothing but the best for you here on The Shift. This guy won. well the end of it didn't sound like much like a seagull but the first part did yeah they were really stoked about that guy doing that they were really excited about that everybody in vancouver and victoria right now is just cringing like this is not funny these things are mean (laughs) every day right oh man are you okay with Renaming. Renaming. Mm, yes and no. That. Yeah, yes and no. Sometimes I think it's valid. Like a lot of sports teams, uh, some of them have made good changes. Well, mm. like, you know, they change their name, but they pick a lame name instead. Uh, like the Washington well, Some of them have gone team. to different cultural <laughs> backgrounds and, and yeah. got a little bit more endorsement to the name or adjusted the name so they're a little yeah, bit more accurate as opposed to some of those ones right like they've t- mm-hmm. uh, so changing the name adjusting the name and maybe renaming i'd put all those in yeah what was, I the, would uh, too. what was the washington team called they were the redskins and then no. they picked the football team yeah no that's not what i was thinking actually ironically um they were the bullets that's where they were oh the bullets Yep. They changed from the bullets because <laughs> crime was pretty high. It was a bad name. <laughs> so it does go over and above, you know, the uh, the cultural implications for sure. Yep. Mm. Very but true. It's always a catch, right? Like there, there's, there's the old f- people who contributed in such a way that they, you know, they did. And we can't erase that. But at the same time, uh, and the things that they might have done in the past were not inappropriate in the past. We can't take today's rules and judge people from the past. But at the same time, it's awfully insensitive for some people to keep those names around. So it's it's a dance. It needs to be looked at individually. Yeah, I say every case is different. A mountain in Omaha uh, gained some bad press last year after its name was featured in a news report, and it was a very unfortunate name. The name of Swastika Mountain went practically unnoticed until this past winter. That's when two hikers were rescued and the name Swastika stood out to people like Joyce McLean. And I couldn't believe what I was reading. She filed the petition to rename the mountain because of its offensive and racist history. Another person did the same. The two suggestions, Umpqua Mountain and Malala Mountain. The Oregon Geographic Names Board sought a third option. When we get a proposal with a name that isn't very inspiring, we usually start looking out to see if we can find some some better proposal. We would like to see an association, historical association to the feature. So the board turned to David Lewis, a professor of anthropology at Oregon State, a former board member and an advisor to the board. Lewis suggested naming it after Chief Halito, also known as Chief Halo of the Kalapuya tribe, a respected tribal and community member whose village was nearby.
Okay. There was a mountain in Canmore that had a, a name like that. I remember when I got told the name. Nope. Um, uh, it ended with Teat. Um, I'm not going to say the rest of it. Uh, it's, and the local folks decided to change the name. And I remember when someone told me the name the first time, I was like, you really just say that? Like, it's nothing? So that one caught me off guard. This one, by the way, this is a tough one because obviously if you're of Jewish heritage, you do not want swastika mountain. But the actual word swastika is from Sanskrit and it actually means good, well, it is, there is. Like it, it, the original history of the word swastika is a good definition. It just took some really bad people to wreck it. Anyway, they're changing it. A historian told news outlets that the former name of the mountain was uh, in the uh, Umpqua National Forest stems from the extinct town of Swastika, which reportedly took its name from the owner of a cat cattle ranch, excuse me, of a cattle ranch. He <laughs> doesn't hurt in cats. Who would brand his cattle with the symbol. <laughs> but here's the thing. Awesome. The symbol of the Swastika also was not a, a Hitler thing. It was in the world and had other meanings. But he did that before Hitler's rise to power. After all that, uh, the the symbol is not so great. He used it because Sanskrit symbol meaning good luck or well-being. So he mm-hmm. used the swastika properly. It was called Swastika Mountain, but in the context of today's world, not good. And so how do you deal with that? I, I think everybody would agree nobody wants to see a swastika. But culturally, historically, a swastika is way more than that. Right? And so... I guess in this case, this is one of those special occurrences where I think you just change the name. But we can't ignore the name because I think we need to learn what the proper terminology is around it. And that's the crossroads, right? Like, how do you deal with that? Right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it really is. I mean, there are still it's still a very important symbol in Hindu in Hinduism, like in mm-hmm. very religions still use it. And they don't mm. even like it, you know, I'm trying to reclaim it. But I then, mean, yeah. yeah, I understand wanting to distance that it, it has some some yeah. of the heaviest baggage of any symbol in our history. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you rename it. I think in that case, yeah. Just yep, you do. Definitely. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and CuriousCast.ca. 